everybody, and welcome to the Stream Team, your favorite new podcast for movies. And you guessed it, streaming movies, that is. Today, I'm your host, Keith Evans. And with me, as always, I have Chris Lowry and Cole Miller, my two esteemed hosts. And we're going to go over a classic, honestly. This movie hasn't been out very long, but it's a instant movie that classic. is instant classic. <laughs> the Dark Knight, 2008, one of Christopher Nolan's movies, a guy who... For myself, I didn't know a ton about him coming into this movie, but I feel like, and it may be just me personally, but I feel like a movie, this movie put him on the map. This is this is a a movie that, of course, is a reboot to the other Batman movies, and we will we'll dive into that as far as who we think is the best. I think that'll be a very short-lived conversation, but <laughs> this is the reboot, the, the sequel behind Batman Begins. Of course, Christian Bale as your new Batman, and... Me personally, I feel like he he is the best fit. I think a lot of times, whenever you, whenever guys like this were or roles like this were cast, it was more so they would fit into one square. Now these guys are cast where they fit into several squares. Something that I think, and I think Cole, you'll agree with this: a, a, a role like this was, I think, it's very comparable to a Bond role where you have a guy. It's just like when Pierce Brosnan was cast as Bond, is like, well, he's good looking and he's kind of smooth, and that's all we need, but. Me personally, I didn't believe him in a, in a fight, but yeah. then you put somebody like Daniel Craig in, it's like he checks off all the boxes. This is a guy that Absolutely. I believe is very believable, <laughs> and that's how I feel about Christian Bale. Chris, when we are, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm put you immediately in the hot seat. When you oh, are shit. A, ranking your Nolan movies, where did this go? And B, when you're ranking Batman leads, where did this land? Movie wise for Nolan, uh, I don't. It's it's definitely in my. I might put it at one. I don't know. Oh, wow. it's, it's definitely in the top three. It's just it's depending on what else I'm thinking about the day. It's easily in the top three. Like just just everything about it is good. And, you know, I like superheroes and I like comic book movies. So the fact that Christopher Nolan brought like Christopher Nolan energy and like action and pacing yeah. and all that to a comic book movie, like. He, there was no chance that this was going to miss. Like even after as much as I like Batman Begins, and I think I might like that one more. If you're asking me to rank Nolan's movies just in general, I might put this ahead just in terms of what boxes they kind of check off. But yeah, if I'm ranking these movies, I might put this at like anywhere between one, two, or three. It just depends on how I feel about everything else that day. I mean, but this is like you said, it's an instant classic. I remember everything about the first time I saw it. Literally every single thing. This is. So this is a movie that did pretty well in the box office. So domestically, pretty it did well. 535 million. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 535 million overseas. Yeah. It did another 470 million overall. This is the fourth film in movie history to gross more than a billion. But Ooh. me personally, it makes sense to me. This is somebody who's like, this is a billion dollar movie. I'd be like, yeah, for sure. This is a movie yeah, that did sure. really well in Rotten Tomatoes, 94, 94. This is steady across the board. Both sides of the aisle love this movie. I personally remember going to see this movie and this was actually one of the last, I think it's actually the last midnight premiere movies that we, that we could see. And we're not going to dive into why that happened, but I just remember getting the ticket early that day and then getting to the movie theater around 10, 10 and standing in line the entire time waiting to, to get the best seat to get in. And it was honestly worth every single bit. It was, it was incredible. So Anybody who who has seen this, this is a movie that is very well quoted. A lot of people yes. can just dive into it. 
dive into it at any point. I mean, you turn it on TV and you're just like, I'm going to finish watching. I don't care where you are in the movie. People are going to finish watching if you flip them to the movie, movie, movie channels or TV channels or whatever. Cole, I know you're not a giant superhero, hero, comic book guy, but is this, is this a movie that kind of made you look at be, be a little bit more interested in comic book movies or superhero movies, or is this just kind of set apart from the rest? Yeah, so I think it's it's a it's kind of a multiple of the uh, multiple of answers to that question. Um, I think mm-hmm. it fits in kind of both of them decently well. Uh, this is kind of a movie that changed the way that we watch movies, right? Like it right. was so successful that what we see ever since has been based off of wh- how well this did. Big budget movies all of a sudden were only superhero movies, right? Like mm-hmm. we didn't mm-hmm. see. You, we we did we you know Inception came out a little bit later, but it was off of kind of this sort of you know because of Christopher Nolan was able to do what he did. It now changed the way that we went to movies. We expected them to be these spectacles, and we expected them to be these events. Right? You buy your tickets, Absolutely. you go to midnight showings, and it really did kind of start the superhero boom. All in all, right? I mean, there were superhero <clears throat> movies before. And and successful ones at that. Spider-Man was very successful film. Um, But I do think what's interesting about this is that it is so very different than any other superhero movie. Like, I I honestly don't even know that I would consider it that because it is extremely well acted. It's extremely well directed. In fact, uh, in this film, there are six Oscars. Five different people won Oscars that were acting in the superhero movie, which is an absurd thing to think about. So there are six statues acting in this film. And that's not something that you get in any other any other Marvel or DC or any kind of movie um, and, and really any movie in general besides superhero movies. It's hard to find that much firepower and to have a director <laughs> that isn't really known for this in fact it's not really his style this is very different than any other Nolan film uh besides the other batman so the way he directs films are so very different than this um but i i do think that the thing about it that was so game-changing is that it did take someone who wasn't you know didn't care about superhero movies like myself and bring them to the forefront where I didn't miss a midnight showing for any of these. Uh, and I was there front line and I could mostly care less about superhero movies in general. Absolutely. This, I think this just opened it up. Like you said, it doesn't, it doesn't have that superhero movie feel. You, you get, you get so into the story, you get so into the movie because the scenes jump so well, they flow so well. You're so invested one person or the other what's going to happen next and you almost forget oh oh crap i am watching batman you know it's just like you just get so deep into this movie that it makes you feel like you're somewhere else chris i know you're big into directors and 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 myself as well we talked about several different directors but for me personally this was this put nolan on the map for me this is this is yeah i can personally say it got me to the point where i started remembering directors i think before that they were just kind of an afterthought you know outside of Cameron's, your Scorsese's, those guys, you know, your your generally your Spike Lee's, your general just titans when it comes to directors. <laughs> Absolutely. Those guys, they're, they're the icons. Those are the ones that people, they're the reason why a lot of these other directors, I, I think, got into directing. You know, you see <clears> those guys and you're like, I want to do something like that. Is this, is the, the, did this movie put Nolan on the map for you or did it just, 
was this a case where you just put your friends on to some good music because you're just like, I've been listening to this band since they were playing in the cellar and now <laughs> yeah. they're selling out Madison Square Garden. No, no, this was definitely like the one that put him on the map for me because I know he had like Memento and a couple of um, other movies that came out that were really good before this, but you know, I was a lot younger when, when those kind of came out and I maybe wasn't into movies or at least more serious movies the same way as this. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I, I, I know I saw Batman Begins before I saw this and of course not the same person, but I have more vivid memories of like, I almost remember seeing this one and then I remember like all the times watching Batman Begins. Like, of course I saw it first because, you know, I, I enjoy, you know, comic book movies, but I hadn't really given too much care, too much thought about directing when I saw, you know, Begins. And then The Dark Knight is certainly the one that had me really, really invested in Nolan and, and, and directors in general who have like those kind of styles. And um, while he didn't go on to become maybe one of my top three favorite directors, I think that this is something that got me invested in keeping up with director's styles and their tones, like their mm-hmm. bodies of work as a whole. And then you go back and I watch some of his other movies. And now to the point where if Christopher Nolan is even considering executive producing something, whether he jumps on or not, I, I get invested in stuff. I'm like, Oh, Christopher Nolan thought about this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like if, if no he worry, gave man. it some thought and he had to leave something for <laughs> scheduling, I was like, Oh, Christopher Nolan almost did this movie or something here. So it was definitely, uh, the thing that put him and just directing as an art form in general, like on the map for me. And it's something that I obsess over it and, and kind of track now. Yeah. Well, I think the, just to add to that, uh, I think that because Christopher Nolan did this movie and it was the success that it was, it made it so he was able to make all of the other films that we know him for. Right. right? No one questioned him after this. No one questioned whether in, whether Inception was going to work. You know, everybody was just like, yeah, let's put a billion dollars into making it. Uh, and I think it's because of these <laughs> the, the Batman films that we were able to mm-hmm. see what he could really do after this, even though, I mean, I do think this was a very well-directed movie, but um, again, as I mentioned earlier, it's very different than the the style of movies he had been making uh, mm-hmm. before this, but we did get to see him do more and more because this film was so successful. Oh yeah, absolutely. A movie like this, a, a director like this, it, 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 when when you're into movies and, and you really start to mature, it's just like your 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 taste for food. You know, you when you're in college, you eat certain things because they're cheap. And not to say there's other movies were cheap, but you may may have been into it, you may not have been. But as you mature and as your taste matures, you you start paying attention to, to more and more things. Chris and I have talked about it. I feel like Chris, this is a, this is a scenario where I may have started saying score instead of soundtrack right like you 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 dive into this and you just you start to mature because you just you just like i don't wait so for me it was a case where it's like oh those are two different things and so when you're talking about a soundtrack you talk about a score i know what that means now and it's Mm -hmm. a movie like this does that honestly it makes you makes you dive deeper into it just instead of just like you don't think oh it's just we're just rolling rolling the camera and then just see what happens from there you understand the little nuances that go into it you understand you start remembering okay Hans Zimmer is is doing this score for this movie and so going forward when you hear an inception or you hear in other movies you're like I know who that I know who that is composing this soundtrack or this score and it and it's it honestly it just it makes the movie going experience that much better I'll ask a question for both of y'all is this and we've had several leading up to this is this the best cast Batman ever Ooh. Um, yeah, I mean, I think so. Right. Um, right. as I talked about earlier with the, the six, the six Oscars in this film, 
Um, Dark Knight Rises also was extremely well casted, uh, but in, in an interesting way that it was kind of more up and comers, like not necessarily. I mean, we knew them, uh, but like, you know, Tom Hardy, like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, these guys weren't these established you know, big time hitters necessarily like the cast of the Dark Knight. So I think if you just take into the consideration of how talented everybody in Dark Knight is, it it certainly is to me. Yeah. So far as you as far as you go, Chris, how do you feel like top to bottom? Is this is this going to be like your, you know, your twenty seven Yankees? Is this a case like that, or is it something similar to? You just you just feel like there was there wasn't a miss in in this whole cast. Yeah, I, I feel like that. Like it's probably. In terms of like you know comic book movies and stuff like that, it's definitely one of the best all around cast in, a, in in modern movies in general. I, I don't think there are too many that just don't strike out anywhere. I know we talked about Blade Runner and how that cast was stellar, and even piggybacking off of what Cole said, all the Oscar nominations. Like, there's not a miss anywhere in this cast. Even the guy that's playing like Reese or the guy that's in the car that's you know going to shoot Reese not to skip too far ahead. Like, even just the way that they're casted and the way that they're playing it, I'm like, that's the perfect way to play this kind of dynamic and this kind of tension. So there's casting. I think the only thing that I might have something with, and it's, it's more of like a personal thing. I Christian Bale is good, but if you ask, like if I were to rank my Batman specific castings mm. cast wise, of course, I think I maybe like Ben Affleck whoa. a bit more. Whoa. Only because like, like the, whoa, whoa, but I don't think he's better. Whoa, 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 whoa. man, I coming in, he's better. Right I don't Stop. think he's better. <laughs> let, let me what say, I do not, yeah, you gotta, you gotta say your piece on this one. Yeah, like the material that he got to work with. Does it make him better? I think casting wise, I think he checks a few boxes that I kind of like being somebody who grew up on uh, the Justice League cartoons and maybe those uh, more modern animated interpretations of Batman. Or I guess not modern now because he's got a different look. But when I was younger, when those cartoons came out, so that's kind of what I had in my mind. So casting wise, Ben Affleck looked a bit more like what I was fond of, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's more of a personal thing, but as far as who played a better one, I mean, it's, it's obviously Bale. I mean, the subtlety that he has as right, both Batman and Bruce Wayne, that the cure contrast between them is just insane. And it's all played so well. So yeah, I always have to save myself in that hot take. People here, they think I'm saying that yeah. Ben Affleck is better. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. He was holding a gun a lot of times. He's not better. <laughs> Hold on. He was spraying the AR 15 in a couple of those scenes. He, he can't yeah. win. So, yeah, and yeah, I actually it, it just, so to come to your defense a little bit, Chris. I when they when he was casted, when Ben Affleck was casted, I was like, oh, that actually kind of makes sense as a Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, I never saw the movies, so I don't actually know how he. And I oh, haven't man, heard no. very good things about uh, <laughs> Ben Affleck as Batman. Um, and Christian Bale's definitely a better actor, but I do get what yes. you're saying. I was like, oh, Ben Affleck kind of you know he fits it. He's got the the look, and I could see him being a bad guy. Um, so that, that makes sense to me. I mean, we'll let you live for now. Yeah. And I, was, I, I think there's a thing with this movie, cause I'm, I'm sure it's awesome. We're going to get into, it was certainly a case where somebody was casted for something that people were unsure about. And then they gave, um, one of the greatest performances in the history of cinema in general. There's another yeah. guy in the cast that does a thing like that, but that, that's just the case with Bale. I, I had, um, a different idea of what I thought of Batman Maybe I should be what I wanted out of a Batman and somebody else had it, but they clearly best Batman performances. Yeah. So what I'm hearing from you, Chris, is you don't think that Val Kilmer was the best Batman. Yeah, that's that's what we're getting to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just 
and not even not even a Clooney mention in any of that. Yeah, like, that's I, I don't even all. know. I don't know what we're doing yeah. anymore. It's a it's a tough crowd right now. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I can go forward with this with this new information. Honestly, I was ready to to crown Kilmer as as a king, but we'll we'll yeah. set that aside for another. We'll we'll take we'll put a pin in that. We'll set it aside for another day because if not, we'll have a full out brawl on the pod. But yeah, I don't want to fight uh, actually, anybody. A smooth transition as as far as talking about the actors and and perfectly cast and all that. I mean, we we would be remiss to not mention Heath Ledger as the Joker. Oh yeah, obviously did just absolutely blew the doors off somebody who dove headfirst into this role and did an absolutely tremendous job. And and to me personally, this was a joker that I was, this is the first joker I was legitimately afraid of, but the others in the past, you know, of course you have your, you have your, your, your Adam West Batman and you have that joker and it's a different, it's a, it's a different thing. It's just, he's silly and it's not scary. And then you kind mm-hmm. of fast forward and you have your Jim Carrey joker or, and you're just like, well, he was well, a Riddler, sorry, he's a, he's a yeah. Riddler. Excuse me, yeah. not the Riddler. With Tommy that. Lee but, Jones. I mean, it's Tommy, well, he's Two-Face. In, in oh, fuck, one. you're yeah. right. Damn. He was Harvey, yeah, he was Harvey <laughs> Dent, yeah. But it's, it's a case where... Michelle Pfeiffer. Really, yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it was Kim Basinger who was the Joker. That's it, it. that's it. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah, but you're not... Like, even with Jack Nicholson's Joker, while he was menacing... I wasn't afraid of him at any point. I mean, he had that really white makeup and he had the purple suit and the hair wasn't really, I mean, to me, it was just more comical, but I feel like that was just kind of the take on that Batman at the time. It was just like, it was a comic. It came out of a comic book, so it has to be comical and you can't take this thing seriously at the time. But now you fast forward and it's Mm -hmm. a movie that is taken very seriously. You have some heavy hitters as actors and you get guys who really know how to play these characters. But I was legit, he was, I was afraid of him. He was smart. He was ruthless. Yep. He wasn't silly. He was precise. And while it seemed like he was just kind of, he was acting haphazardly, he knew everything was premeditated. Everything and was well he was written doing. Out. And, and <laughs> he had so many people in his pocket. And it just felt like this is like, are they going to be able to get the, I, at one point I was like, I don't know if Batman's going to get the best of this guy. And I feel like yeah. that was the whole point. That's how we right. should have Can felt, he possibly honestly. win? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if he's going to get around this guy. And I just felt like, Heath Ledger did all of those things. And of course we all know what happened with, with him post this role, but I, I don't know that the Joker gets, gets any better. Get has been any, I know it hasn't been any better than this. And I don't think it will ever get any better than this. Even with Jared Leto's <laughs> Joker, I just, I'm still, I'm not afraid of him. I mean, and, and a lot of it has to do with the makeup and I know you can't, you're not going to have the exact same character, but it's, it's, you know, it's still the Joker and everybody's going to have their iteration of that. But the Joker that I'm legitimately afraid of, for all those reasons, is Heath Ledger Joker. Yeah, for Chris, sure. do you do, do you think anybody's mm-hmm. ever going to top this? Oh man, I I just don't think so. I mean, I don't think there's been uh, too many comic book movie roles in general that have even been in the ballpark of being this good. I think maybe someone will come along and they can win people over by maybe playing it really close to again, like what I was looking for for the Ben Affleck Batman playing it close to what people maybe grew up on, what their ideas are um, mm-hmm. of a, a Joker, you know, be that animated comic book, video game, whatever medium you want to look at it through. But as far as just topping this performance as a joke, I mean, you can get somebody who can come in and one for one play him as the comic book counterpart. And the look, the voice, the sound and everything you want. And I'll still be like, yeah, but that Heath, Le- that Heath Ledger one though, 
I don't know. I don't know if they're catching that one. That I mean, it's just insane. Like I said, I haven't seen too many comic book movie roles that are even remotely in the ballpark of, of being just as good. No, I, I completely agree. Every time he told the story of how he got his scars, I was legitimately scared. It was like, what yeah. story is he going to tell next? How is he going <clears> to <throat> play this out with this particular, with this new character? Now it starts out with with one story and it's like, Oh, he's going to tell the same story. And then he goes into another Avenue and then you're just like, Holy crap, what's going to happen next? I, I legit Cole, is this movie villain wise superhero, whatever, is this top five for you? What, and if so, what, what, what makes it is, it, is it the character itself or how the character was played? So I, I think that it's gotta be how the character was played uh, mm-hmm. that puts it so high on my list because we know from other Joker experiences what the Joker <laughs> character is, and it's not ever that scary. Like even in, in this is a testament to how good Heath Ledger actually was in that role. That Joaquin Phoenix won a fucking Oscar playing the Joker, and we haven't <laughs> even mentioned him yet, right? <laughs> and in it, it's for different reasons. Like I, I didn't remember being that scared of Joaquin Phoenix. I was more of like sad for that character and that mm-hmm. performance than I was scared. And, you know, that was kind of the way it was supposed to be played. But I think if you take the way Heath Ledger played this and you couple it with the fact that it was super dark, but it was hilarious too. Like there weren't, there aren't a lot of roles in, in especially of like villains that I can think of that would make you laugh, but could also scare the shit out of you. And then couple that with the fact that he legitimately carried this movie and we just talked about how great everybody else was in it. So like, (laughs) imagine being, you know, imagine being the best player on the 27 Yankees and that's what he did. And that's, what's unbelievable about this role. And, you know, I don't want to jump too far ahead to best scenes, but I had like far too many that I couldn't, you know, whittle down to one or two. (laughs) And he was a part of every single one of them. And I think that that just shows you just how good um, and how bad, I guess, he is as a bad guy. Um, and man, I mean, like, again, like you said, Keith, it was truly horrifying at certain points. But you also kind of like, in a weird way, never felt any empathy for him. And that right. isn't something that people are able to do with villains too often. <laughs> right, exactly. With him, it felt like he was smart. And I know he, even when he said, I feel like a dog chasing a car, I wouldn't know what to do when I when I get to the car. I personally, I never believed it. I even felt like when he did catch the car, he knew that he was going to take the engine out and put in whatever. You know, like he already had, right. he had a plan for that as well. It didn't feel like, again, it didn't feel like all of his actions were haphazard. I know that he wanted to Appear do that what way. he did. Yeah, and he did it. But it nothing felt like an accident with him. Everything was no. premeditated, mm-hmm. thought out, and it was just like this guy. I mean, and like you said, every scene that I want to talk about, he's involved. He's in, in it. In yeah. some, I mean, he, he right. there aren't <laughs> and, in probably the the leading the scene, right? As a bad right. guy, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, he he almost becomes your favorite character, and, and then you're just like, wait, yeah. I can't root for this guy. I can't. I can't. I can't <laughs> be rooting for the Joker, but. That leading into and that, and he keeps uh, you from being able to do that, right? right? Like that's what's that that's the part that blows my mind. Like he kept us from being a fan of that character, 
And that's not, I mean, like, obviously there are people that dressed up and had them as their background, all that sort of stuff like that. I do understand that. But as a movie watching experience, he kept you hating that character. And that's, <laughs> that's a, that's a very difficult thing to do when you're stealing so many scenes. Right. No, absolutely. Whenever he just, he puts two people in, in a room hooked to barrels and it's like, somebody's going to going to blow up or both of them. And then he blows up a hospital. You're just like, yeah, you know what? I actually forget that. I don't like this guy. <laughs> but even in the hospital scene when he's walking out and, you know, of course the reading and, you know, kind of what happened with that scene, I think the explosion didn't happen. And Chris, you can correct me on this. Didn't happen as it was supposed to. So he turns around and of course, like, no one's like, keep, yeah. keep cooking, keep cooking, you know, let's, let's just keep going. And then it explodes and, but it almost felt like that was supposed to happen on purpose. And then of course right. you research and it, it, it was supposed to be a bigger explosion, but even all that, it still felt like, well, and like oh, he man, walked out in high heels and was like walking, <laughs> yeah. you know, and was like walking <laughs> right. like a man that was dressed up as a nurse would walk, but at no point like broke concentration. You know, like it, it was the small things like that that just blew my mind. Like, I mean, he was in a full nurse uniform and was still putting on one of the best performances of the movie in a nurse costume. Um, oh, and at no point were you even like, oh, yeah, this is funny. No, he was just delivering the darkest scene you could possibly imagine. I mean, it was it was truly unbelievable. Yeah, I don't know too many people who would give the scene of, of best comedy or whatever to somebody blowing up a hospital. Honestly, I, yeah. I, I could be wrong. I mean, people, it's people up do there. like dark, dark yeah. comedy, but I don't, I don't know that that's going to be a knee slapper, honestly, but leading into your, my laugh out loud moments in this movie. And there are several, but I'm, I'm going to be very cliche with this one. The first, and it's the, the scene in its entirety and there's bits and pieces that make me laugh. And I for, I'm probably rewatching it. I forgot that there was funnier parts in this, but Joker's first scene when he meets the bad guys in the cafe, in the you know in yeah. the basement of this cafeteria, and they're all hiding away. And he walks in the back <laughs> door, and he's like, "Oh, ha ha!" And he does this whole yeah. thing. He's like, "I thought my Joker bad, you know." And he's talking about Lyle and how he squeals and subsequently makes Lyle turn the TV off because Lyle knows that he's telling the truth, but. I think a lot of people, this particular part, whenever he does the magic trick and the henchman, he makes the pencil disappear. <laughs> I remember yeah. in, in theaters, there was an audible gasp. And it's just like, what just happened? Right. And then people, you know, it's just like, again, and I'm kind of going back to Blade Runner. It was, it was nervous laughter, but it was like, okay, this guy's a real deal. He, yeah, that's a serious <laughs> he's, shit. He's not here to play, he's not yes. here to play games. Yeah. I, I think that this was a case where very early on is like we need to take this dude seriously and then he leaves his card at the end of that scene he's like my card and it's literally a card that ends up showing up as the judge is going through the counts when she's flipping through her different documents that card just shows up and she just like looks at it and puts it to the side unbeknownst to her she's gonna get blown up in front of her own house but <laughs> yeah it's just like holy crap this dude is the real deal chris what was your well, that's not even to mention that like when he left he had like 15 grenades tied to one string you right. know and everybody <laughs> and was like jacket. oh shit what do we do with this fucking lunatic that has yes. 15 grenades in his pocket after he like insulted one of the guy's grandmas i mean like it, it's <laughs> a, his grandmother it, killed his henchman yeah, and yeah. Then, so yeah, he said that, and he also said that he said the you're suit gonna, wasn't cheap. You, you should know you paid for you it. You bought like, it. <laughs> who walks yeah. in? Right, who walks right. To this scene, talking yeah. about that, like these guys, all these guys should shoot you. But yeah, he has 
half an arsenal in his jacket just in right. the end scene. It's like, what did he, did he go to Brooks brothers? Like, look, I'm going to need, he did. It was to, custom tailored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to need you to wire this thing up. They're like, why do you yeah. need 47 pockets on just this left Tim side? Like, hey, yeah. Can you just, can you just <laughs> do it for me, please? Like, no, here, here's, here, here's 500 cash. Just do it. But uh, Chris, for you, what, what is your, your laugh out loud moment? Um, man, I, I will say that I think this is a move that while it had humor, I didn't get to like, a, a hearty, strong laugh, but there were definitely some scenes that really got like a good laugh out of me. I think the one that got it the best was uh, when Reese, when he finds the the schematics for, um, you know, the, the tumbler or whatever, and he goes to yeah. Fox while he's sitting at his desk, and he's like, yeah. I know that, you know, this is what R&D is doing and all this, and like, I know you're working with him, and I know who the Batman is. I want $10 million, yada, 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 or else I steal, <laughs> or else I squeal, and then Luke Fox leans in, he goes, so let me get this straight. Yeah. You think that your boss runs around at night dressed up like a bat, beating people up and has all this tech and these gadgets and your plan <laughs> is to blackmail him. Yeah. And yeah, like yeah. Reese just sits there. He's like, the just shit eating yeah. look on Reese's face, man. It was <laughs> yeah, just like, 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 it was just like, wheels uh, you can keep that. And then just yeah. walks out. I'm right there. <laughs> with him. I'm like, <laughs> he can watch his things and just leaves. Yeah. He's like, I fuck. Yeah, he took he's, the schematic shit off his mouth. Like, and I'm on the dance. He's like, yeah, man, I don't even have these. You're right. Like, I was right there with him, though. I was like, you found out that you know who Batman is and, and all this kind of stuff. And you've got the schematics and you see, and you're like, I want $2 million in cash now. It's like at some yeah. point you have to go to your car at night and buddy, he's going to be right there. Like, <laughs> right, right there. This right, is your right. plan to <laughs> extort yeah. the Batman, huh? So that scene, man, it, it makes me laugh every time. It might not be like the strongest laugh out loud type of laugh because you know, where the movie is at. And I think that really was a tension breaker because that's when it was starting to build up that like sense of heaviness. And it certainly came in and was like a refreshing, just a real great humorous moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's like, yeah, good this luck with it. that, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Extorting yeah. Batman. Not, oh, not what about you? What, 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 yeah. No, so, top, top three ideas, bad ideas. Yeah, that's <laughs> got to be top of the line. Uh, so I, I have two that really made me laugh. One isn't really a scene, but I like when uh, the mayor makes Gordon commissioner and everybody's clapping, and then they pan to the, the Joker in the in the cell clapping, and he's just doing this like full mm-hmm. like seal clap. Like he's genuinely <laughs> excited that Gordon was made commissioner. Um, but I think the one that was ad libbed apparently. Oh yeah. Uh, that, that's not surprising at all. He was yeah, just like, yeah, he probably yeah, was yeah. really excited then. Yeah. So that, that's even better. Uh, but my, my like favorite, just laugh out loud scene uh, was when they were planning to go get Lao uh, back from Hong Kong and they were, setting up everything they were getting the plane ready the boat ready uh everything they needed and alfred he said i'm gonna need a diversion and alfred said okay i think i got one and then it pans to harvey and um rachel going to the the ballet and it says that like he had they had all the entire ballet had left with bruce wayne um on the (laughs) on the yacht and then it pans (laughs) to the yacht and it's just bruce wayne and like an entire ballet of people uh and then he just like you know just the whole scene is hilarious because it's exactly it's like perfect bruce wayne could do type thing Mm -hmm. uh which i just I, i love that there was that much like foresight in it but i and then 
he asked Alfred if there's anything he could do. And Alfred's like, you could tell me Russian for how to apply your own bloody suntan lotion or something like that. Because he had just been walking around like rubbing all these like ballet uh, members and models with suntan lotion. And like, it was just this, this just very difficult task for him. But that whole thing was just hilarious. And then yeah. Bruce just jumps off the boat and gets on a plane and goes to Hong Kong. Like just the plane whole that scene shows is up. Just, yeah, the plane yeah. just like skips across water and he just dives off how, of it and gets back. You know, like, right. yeah, right, yeah, right, right. Playing Sully, yeah, it, I was like, came in, in the water landing. How crappy the plane yeah, right. was. Seven to, like, Oscars, yeah. How nice the boat was. It was like just an insane contrast. Like the plane looks like it might not make it out the water again. The boat's right. like the nicest yacht you've ever seen. Yeah, and he just throws this Nike duffel bag into the ocean and just dives off. It's gonna. I'm all right. I'm gonna go swim towards this crappy plane now. You guys have fun on the yacht, though. Yeah, yeah. That plane definitely gave some ping with the Madagascar, <laughs> Madagascar vibes. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> you expect right, Kowalski right. to open the window and just be like Kowalski, yeah, yeah. <laughs> harpoon him in or something, grapple him in. But that no, it was that was absolutely great. That scene. I, I mean, honestly, it just kills so me every time. Every time, yeah. man. But Alfred and we hadn't even talked about Michael Caine enough, but. Alfred, that that's he he is Alfred. That's that there's there's certain actors, and it's not like Jaleel White and Urkel, but there are certain actors that just Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark, Michael Caine is Alfred, and that's just how it is. Like that that's just the guy. I couldn't imagine anybody else in that role, even Jeremy Irons with with Ben Affleck's <laughs> Alfred. That is just like, no, this this is it. This is the guy. And anybody yeah. else who is him, I just you just I'm sorry, you're you're playing second fiddle to this guy. Also, if I was a if I was a hero of any sort and I had somebody in a lab or clicking on a computer for me or being my calm in my ear, I would want them to have a name that's awesome. It's Lucius Fox. I feel like if you, that, yeah. that, that oh, yeah, automatically yeah. makes Fox, it, yeah. you have, you have somebody back at, at home at headquarters and it's like, all right, their, their, their coordinates are this, that, or the other. If the name is Lucius Fox, that, that, that's just it. I'm not going to get anybody else. that's going to help me out any better. Honestly. Can't possibly. So, yeah. No, it, it's completely impossible. So, Moving to rent is due, one of my favorite categories, if not the okay, favorite yeah. category. Honestly, rent's due. I, I feel like there are several people in this movie. Rent was due for. I, I think Heath ultimately is going to take take it for me. But there also, I really liked Maggie Gyllenhaal in this role. I, oh, I, I like I like I liked how she was. She was kind of, I mean, she was, she not was a the buffer between Bruce, Bruce and Harvey Dent, honestly. And, and she did a lot of things. I think that while, while I would have personally preferred Katie Holmes, just because everybody grew up with the crush, it was like Tiffany Amber Thiessen, Katie Holmes, where your crush is growing up. It, 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 I also wouldn't want to see her get blown away by 400 million barrels of, yeah. of TNT or whatever. But Maggie did a really good job in this movie playing that role, being Rachel Dawes. And then I thought that, Rent was due sex. She was definitely one A in my rent was due category. But what about you, Cole? So for me, it's 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 Heath Ledger, right? I mean, right. he he won the Oscar be for being a superhero. Uh, we never even thought of something that could happen like that, and and it was one you know after he died. So does that count into it? I'm sure, but absolutely deserved it, 100. Um, percent You know what's interesting about that? That category, uh, Robert Downey Jr. was nominated for Tropic Thunder that year. <laughs> Which uh, you know, I was like, I was like, oh, what? And then I was like, oh, shit, yeah, that makes sense. Actually, he was really good in that role. But obviously, you know, back to to this, I, I think 
Ledger just is the epitome of great acting in this role, you know, playing like living embodiment of the role. Uh, They said he moved into this like dumpy shit hotel for like six weeks and he had a Joker diary that he was like writing all sorts of like Joker type thoughts. Like he embodied it. He was the Joker Uh, and just, you know, put a performance that I, I don't think, with, you know, I wouldn't say he had a limited amount of screen time by any means, but what he did have, he also crushed it the entire movie. Um, and just his, you know, that that tongue tick that he had where he just would constantly <clears throat> do a scene and, and stick his tongue out is unbelievable because he was able to still communicate correctly and do that which seems impossible like i i I can't fathom how you could constantly like stick your tongue in and out and still speak in a a, you know through an entire scene without messing up um i mean just the 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 entirety of the character and the performance were just unbelievable um i i would say michael kane could be in this this category as well like you know he just he just crushes it like you said um and and Aaron Eckhart as Harvey Dent I think um, it it really under the table and honestly like I'd like to make a case for you know him getting Oscar nominated uh because his you know he I don't know of too many times that I've watched a movie where I've seen a character go through as many character arcs as he did through this film Mm -hmm. and kept up with it the entire time like his performance Mm -hmm. when he needed to be the cocky new attorney general you know a district attorney he was able to play it when he needed to be the scared person when he needed to be the the evil character he could do it um so i mean he was he was outstanding um and i don't think we talk about how good that performance was enough mm-hmm. uh, he, he just but yeah Stu, watched, definitely Fletcher. oh yeah i think that it's it's, it's got to be for sure chris what about you um, man, it's Heath Ledger. Like I'm, I was sitting there trying Honestly. to rack my brain and come up with. I mean, but you, there's so many good people, and you guys have already listed them. So I'm like, if I'm gonna have to repeat one, I should just go with the one who. I mean, it, it's incredible. It's, as Cole said, it's it's the embodiment of what acting on like a level above good acting is. Like there are tons of really really good Oscar worthy roles out there that are just insanely well crafted, and everything about him is well done. And you're like, yeah, I just don't think that's better than the Heath Ledger thing. And not that I sit yeah. around and compare those kind of roles, but I mean, you see so often somebody's kind of playing a, a darker kind of role. The very first thing people want to do is, you know, it's the best role, you know, it's the best dark role or the best villain since the Heath Ledger Joker, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, man, you are being very disrespectful, putting something even remotely even, close right, to that because right. that, I mean, it's, it's insane. And I mean, going by, um, uh, I'm sure you guys might've been a bit more in tune to it than I was, but I remember uh, apparently when he was tasked, people weren't, you know, too big on it. They thought it wasn't going to work. He oh, was man, pretty nobody thought those, it was like, going to work. Rom-coms. Yeah. Like he was, he was mm-hmm. that guy and that was his step towards, you know, doing something like that. And of course you've done serious stuff before, but doing something on that scale of just kind of so out of body and so out, so different, especially with the makeup and, and, and all the different stuff like that. And so for him to deliver that kind of performance and be that kind of good and all the stuff that he kind of improv and made up along the way and the ticks and the tongue thing and like just little subtle things that he does when he's walking towards Rachel in the party scene 
And like, he's doing the stuff with his hair, like with the knife, even the way that he's like maneuvering his hand with a knife in his hand to also like kind of curl his fingers and hit his hair. Like it's little things like that. It's like, this is, this is incredible. Like this is, he's one of the best performances that I've seen in the movie that, and I'm sure a ton of other people say the same thing. So that is certainly somebody who, I mean, the landlord was like drilling the knob off the door when Heath Ledger was <laughs> getting ready for this. I'm like, he's like All they right, were right, outside. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they had a battery ran into the door and everything. And he's like, yeah, I got your rent for you right here, Buster. Let me go collect this check for you. So uh, he's insane in that. Yeah. And what's interesting yeah, about he, that, and you're absolutely right, Chris, like when, when it was, when he was cast in this role, it wasn't super viable. And I remember being genuinely upset because Adrian Brody wanted this role. And I remember <laughs> thinking, I was like, Adrian Brody would be perfect as the Joker. And I still kind of do think that. Like, I think he would make a great, a great Joker. Um, Heath Ledger was the first choice um, based on all the research. Like, you know, no one saw him was like, oh, yeah, this is this is my guy. But I just <laughs> remember thinking, like, I, I don't, you know, and, and that's coming from somebody who really likes Heath Ledger. Um, I just didn't think that this was something that he would be able to do and man i've mm-hmm. never been more wrong uh but i'm also super glad that i was yeah this is definitely a case where you just kind of eat the snout and say yeah i, I messed up on that <laughs> you know he's like man i wish i really wish we had drafted johnny manziel then you look at his career and it's like man i'm glad we didn't draft johnny manziel. <laughs> man, i'm glad we're, that didn't work out yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i'm glad that didn't work out and we're manziel guys for sure and this you talking about people have seen him play in person and just like man this kid's gonna be electric at the next level and this didn't really happen but you know, it's okay to be wrong, and especially in this scenario. And, and, and you know, talking about being wrong and, and, and Oscar Snobino, we talked about Oscar several times on this call. Uh, is this a case where, I mean, do you feel like anybody was wrong or, or is, it, is it correct in this case? Was anybody wrong? I know we talked about, I mean, and, and I, I, that fact about Robert Downey Jr. being nominated as well in this category, I feel like if that movie, if it had been a more serious role, Tropic Thunder had it not been a comedy, I feel like he would run away with that if he was legitimately and not not like a blackface scenario, but if he was if he had gone through that kind of transformation, he he legitimately played three different people in that movie seamlessly. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah and yeah, while yeah. one of our favorites, I know we're going to give that a lot of a lot of a lot of talk. I mean, this this movie that we can honestly quote back and forth and yeah, we in Tropic Thunder. Thing. I mean, if, if that if I that had a little day. bit, yeah, let's Lincoln Osiris. I mean, he was he was our yeah. guy. You know, he he was the guy. If, it, if that had been even a semi serious role. I feel like Robert would have run away with that. But when you talk about Oscar snubs and and you feel like who did or didn't deserve it, do you think there were any mistakes made in this regard? Yeah, so I I think it was I think it was snubbed all over the place um, in general. Um, give me just a second. I'm gonna pull. Yeah, so I think it was snubbed in general in a lot of ways. Uh, it only won two Oscars. We talked about the first one being Heath Ledger, um, best supporting actor, and obviously 100% deserved that. Um, you know, that is, as we've talked about pretty much this whole pod, the epitome of great acting. If they wanted to rename that award the Heath Ledger Award, I would be totally, totally behind that. Um, and it also won sound editing, which checks out. Uh, great sound. Uh, but the snubs that I think the movie that was super popular that year, um, it was, this was the 2009 award. So we hadn't really gotten, you know, as much as open-minded is not the right word to describe the Oscars. It was very stuck in its ways. Um, especially in the, you know, probably up until like 2012, we started seeing a little bit of, you know, films that people actually liked that sort of thing pop in, but 
There were still only five films nominated for Best Motion Picture. Those were Slumdog Millionaire, Milk, The Reader, Frost, Nixon, Curious Case of Benjamin Button. It's obviously better than all five of those movies. Um, Mm -hmm. I haven't watched any of those um, in the past probably nine years. Um, Slumdog Millionaire eventually won it, uh, which I remember being very under under i don't know i didn't like it personally that much i thought it was a cool idea of a movie not something that i thought was the best film of the year so i do think that you know the way that the way that the dark knight changed movies and film forever (laughs) i think wasn't recognized enough in this and i think that if you take the fact that slumdog millionaire kind of cleaned category in in directing uh it also won in adapted screenplay it won cinematography which i can't even believe that the dark knight did not win cinematography one of the first films that was actually shot in imax you know like there were four imax cameras at the time period and no one destroyed one of them making this film um (laughs) so i mean like best cinematography for sure um Mm -hmm. in pretty much any kind of technical award it changed movies like we all kind of moved into that direction with film editing with you know uh, visual effects i mean just everything was better and i don't think it was recognized quite enough um you know for the technical aspects but also just being the best movie made in 2008 yeah yeah i I, i'm at the agree with you on that there is not a lot you just named those movies and I'm just, I, I didn't even blink when you said any of those movies, honestly. And I know at the time. Yeah. I mean, I know you personally, Keith, watch Curious Cage and Benjamin Button every year, but you know, <laughs> I, think you're the only, oh, I think you're the only the one. Yeah. It's, it's a how to, or how to stay young for me. Honestly, there's a lot of skincare routines in there that I like. So I, I try to watch it to make sure I stay up on that. Make sure that I don't get any cr- crow's feet, you know, but when, when it comes to, and, and I think, just like you said, leading up to several, I mean, pretty recent history, there is a case where you go back and you look at the Oscars, and especially when it comes to, to best film, as not not even so much best actor or actress. It's like the yeah, it's film, usually right on best movies, actor a lot of the time. Well, a, a lot of times it is when it when it talks yeah. about best lead or or all those different categories. When you're talking about supporting roles and all that when you're talking about the best movie i don't know how many times i've gone back and looked at the best movie category and been like yeah yeah those definitely check out now whenever it comes if there's six movies if i give the nod to four of them i'm like okay they got these right but when i look at six seven movies and there's two then where it's like okay you know this isn't i I know i know it's more so political than it is actually good movies but can we get just really good movies in here, regardless yeah. of what category they're in. And it's starting to shift that way. Chris and I talked about it a lot. Chris, do you feel like this kind of help it help it shift? Or do you think maybe post this, the 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 talking head start to say, okay, people are spending a lot of m- money on X XYZ movies. Do we need to start including these in here as well to make sure that we don't lose the audience? Or is it just kind of that audience just like with baseball is just like you know, we want to keep keep the game where it is. It's still fine as it is, but really people are starting to shift towards other sports because it's slower. Mm. Uh, yeah, this was definitely like a shifting point into, um, I think, maybe movies that are a bit more popular sort of being more nominated for, you know, of course it wasn't nominated for Best Picture, but I do think it's it having such a big presence that year. I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. agree with you, Cole, that it should have been there. And so that kind of shifted to 
you know, these movies that end up being a lot more popular are sometimes also just the best movies that come out. You know, it, of course it happens where people will cling on to a movie that everyone really loves and it's popular and it's not exactly award-worthy, but this sort of kind of started the trend. Um, I think up until this year, it hasn't been a case or it hasn't been a film like that. It's just this really popular thing that everyone adores that finds its way into, you know, the best picture category and just having a, a real strong presence at the Oscars. And I do genuinely believe that if Dark Knight didn't do what it did, I, I don't think we would have gotten here. You know, of course, there's a case where people maybe want MCU movies to a lot of times be nominated for best picture. And it's not always deserving. It's not always the case. That's a case where it's, you know, it's a really, really enjoyable movie that a lot of people love it, but just, and not to say that the filmmaking of it is very, not serious or anything because it is of course you know making a movie is making a movie but i think mm -hmm. if the dark knight doesn't do that i mean black panther showing up at, as best picture a couple of years ago i mean doesn't happen if yeah. you know it, it doesn't happen if this doesn't happen of course black panther came with a lot of cultural impact but again that's kind of this thing that they're taking a deeper look at these movies that are enjoyed and regarded well in mass and they're be like you know this certainly has a place to kind of be more strongly considered amongst these more drama driven movies and you know not independent but these movies that are maybe smaller in scale that are certainly you know relatively really enjoyable but uh you know you start chalking these big popular movies up alongside those and you kind of look at them you're like oh wow this is actually really 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 good and it stacks up well against these and that was certainly like the huge shifting like i said this year might be the first time in probably since then or maybe at least since 2012 like cole said that there hasn't been one of those that found their way in there yeah, yeah we're, we're people were sorry keith uh one last thought on this people were so outraged by the fact that it was snubbed in pretty much every category that the next year the very next year they expanded the best picture nominees to 10 uh yep. because people <laughs> were you know were like well i mean it's one of the 10 best movies for sure but it's definitely one of the five best movies and they started you know <laughs> kind of moving towards rewarding movies for making impacts on film instead of just being <laughs> these you know oscar darlings like slumdog millionaire was not that i have right, anything I, to do with slumdog sorry seems like i don't like that's, slumdog. that's not the case <laughs> <laughs> sorry slumdog we're not we're not yeah yeah, yeah. On. It's just, yeah you just you just top of mind right now with all of that. And I, but I think you're absolutely right. But we're both going to make really good points. And even me, we, we didn't really have to leave this pod to talk about, you know, a movie like Chris, you, you know, I have seen just about everything in the Marvel universe, especially all the movies, but Cole is he talk about him. He hasn't seen, I mean, just, just a handful. We were just talking, yeah. I was texting him last week about Ant-Man and, and I was asking him, had he seen this or that? He's like, no, I hadn't seen it. And I think those are the movies that he'd really get into, but as far as just, Catching all of those, like sitting down and watching all the Iron Man. Well, well, Iron Man's it's not impossible big, to big. me. Like, right, right. We're, <laughs> yeah. big RD, we're big RDJ guys, but if yeah, I love RDJ. All, all Thor movies or all the Captain America movies, it's just not something. You talk about somebody who really enjoys movies. And so it, it's not that. I, mean, I think I think eventually we will. I mean, we have seen that shift. And, and while you know, these Marvel movies, I think, well, especially in Endgame is going to be the one that's like, if that didn't make it, none of them will. But, you know, I think we'll, we'll st start to see more consideration for for movies like that because they will be taken more seriously also because they do $10 billion in the box office too. It's like, we can't overlook a movie that is setting records every minute every of the of opening weekend or weekends following that. But not to get too far off topic, so staying with The Dark Knight, of course, and, and, and all the 
the great scenes that are in it. I mean, when, I had a really difficult time picking best scene, honestly, because then I, I, I was really close to saying just the best scene to me is whenever I just push play and the movie started. You know, it was just like this whole <laughs> thing is just great. I mean, even just the opening scene and just how it opens and just Nolan's style. Bank heist. That, yeah. The one chord that's playing along while and then you just it, it zooms in on this building like what's going on and then a window gets blown out you know it's like okay here here we go but me personally best yeah scene, what a start I, to a movie by the way oh, it's, it's, it's incredible right. you have all these guys you know breaking into the bank and then they're knocking each other off because it's like well this guy told me to shoot you it's like well he almost he also told me to shoot you and then he's like well, i'm supposed to kill the bus driver and they're like what bus driver and then a bus crashes into the you know <laughs> yeah it's right like, right holy crap you know it's like how many more of these guys and then he shows up and, and and it's just like okay we are we're off to the races but i'll have to say the the scene where Harvey Dent's being transported has to be my favorite scene. Yeah. And of course it, it culminates with, you know, you have Jim Gordon coming back and you have Batman. He looks like, Oh, he's captured. Then you go to take a, try to take his mask off and it shocks the bad guy, you know? And so that scene in its entire, yeah, what was he like? He just got like, 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 why was he mad at yeah. him? Like, I don't know. He was mocking his own guy, you know, just like, and that's how you know he was truly, he was truly unhinged. It's just like one of his own guys that was there trying to help him just gets zapped by Batman. And he's <laughs> yeah. mocking him for like the guy still has, shit. Yeah. He has electricity, electricity still pulsing through his, his body right now. And the Joker standing over him, mocking him for getting zapped by that. But I think that scene itself in, in its entirety is absolutely phenomenal. It, it, it is Christopher Nolan, just honestly, just flexing on camera. If he, if it had just been 45 minutes of just him, just describing that scene, yeah. I still would have been like, "This is the right. best in the movie." <laughs> well, they actually flipped that truck, like that. Yeah. Like, like yeah. they flipped that fucking truck during that. <laughs> Love scene. a good truck and like, movie. Not even to mention like the emotional roller coaster that you were on the first time you saw that that scene, because it turns out it's it's fucking Commissioner Gordon, Gary Oldman. Right. We thought was dead. You know what I mean? Like it, there was just there was so much to that scene that was unbelievable. But then at the end. Joker's about to get to Batman who wouldn't hit him with his motorcycle. And then here's commissioner Gordon, just putting a shotgun to his back. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> That's a great, great scene. Uh, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. What about you, Chris? What's your, your best scene? I know this is an extremely difficult question, but best yeah. scene in the movie. Uh, I'm going to say that the, uh, the Harvey Dent, the fundraiser scene when they're at, when they're having that certainly yeah. it works really well all the way through. And Bruce is given, uh, you know, the speech about, you know, how good Harvey is. And you kind of really get that sense when he goes on to say, you know, maybe Harvey will, Harvey's going to come in and clean up the streets and take me out the game. And that's all really good. But I mean, when, when he, when the Joker shows up in that scene, first of all, Michael Caine had seen Heath Ledger the makeup at that point. So his reaction when he gets yeah, off he the elevator genuine. and he's like, yeah, he was like, that was actual fear. He's like, Oh, what's bloody happening here? That's what I can imagine what's going on in his head. That's, that's the internal monologue. But oh, that scene, like he sucks all the air out of the room and also fills the air with energy and air or fills the room with energy mm-hmm. and air, like all at once. Like he is mm-hmm. certainly in any scene that he's in, he's definitely, the heart and the, and the focal point he's you know the main focus of the scene whether intentional or not but i mean that when he's just kind of pacing through asking people harvey he's grabbing people by the face he's like taking drinks for people again it's 
he's doing these small mannerisms as he's just kind of moving through the space and, and making the scene so much of his own that I'm sure some of it was scripted, but then there's some of that just mannerism that he's just coming up with mm-hmm. on the fly and stuff that mm-hmm. he maybe had an idea. And he's like, hey, put a drink on this. I think I'm going to actually get this next thing. I'm going to walk by and take this drink, take one sip, and I'm just going to put the glass right back down and get to the table. Like, well, he threw the whole drink out before he, he even had it. it. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he just, just like sip, picks yeah. it up and slings it out and then acts <laughs> like he drinks, but there's nothing in the glass. You know? <laughs> yeah. And it's just, man, like just the the strength of like of him in that scene, just the way he's moving again, it's one of those scenes where like Keith said, I'm genuinely afraid. Of course there are other things that he does, but just kind of the way that he's moving through that space. I would be like, I could be 30 yards away from him at this party while he's doing this. And I would have been scared to my core as if he was right behind yeah. me. And then when he gets to Rachel and he's doing the, uh, you know, the, the scar story again. And I mean, even just small lines, like when she hits him and he's like, you got a little fight in you. I like that. You're going to love me. Like it, it's just little beats and, and dialogue and banter and stuff like that, that I love a lot. So for me, that party scene and all the parts that make it up is, is probably my favorite scene in the entire movie. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think that's an amazing scene. And when I was watching it this past time, when that gentleman that he grabs by the face and he's like, you remind me of my father. I hated my father. And I was like, <laughs> okay, that, that, that is like an intense thing. But also I was trying to place who that guy was and I couldn't like in my head, put him in any movie. And I was like, but I know I've seen this guy before. And so <laughs> I did, you know, I was like, I got, I, I had to stop the film and look into it. And it turns out that is actually <laughs> Senator Wehi of Vermont, like an actual United States Senator. Oh yeah. Uh, just made a little cameo <laughs> in the scene nice. and played that part. And like, actually was really like, he seen, he's like, we're not going to, you know, to thugs or whatever it was that he said. Um, mm-hmm. But anyways, I just thought that was hilarious because I was like, I know I've seen this guy. And of course I just never tried to place him on the, on the Senate floor. <laughs> Like you said, Chris, there there were moments where it was you, you know it was it was just improv, and he just he grabbed this glass, or he grabbed this shrimp skewer, or he did these certain things that nobody knew what he was going to do. So people were legitimately nervous that he might actually grab yeah. them or right. do something there. And so that that made that that scene just that much better. Honestly, this this just top to bottom, beginning to end, this movie was was just absolutely incredible. I I'll, I'll never get tired of it. I'll say that this mm-hmm. is a movie that I can honestly watch at any point and be just as entertained. And, and I, I probably have, I can't say probably 25 plus. Yeah. There's, like there's that. no way to but, tell I mean, how many times you've seen this movie either. Right. Right. Like, I and and, and every track. time, every yeah. time it's, it's, it's just as good, but it's just, it, it gets even better, especially whenever you really dive into a director like Nolan and you know, his style. And so, you know, Oh, this was done for this reason, or this was done for this reason, or whenever this this particular sound was input here, and so it just makes everything that much better. But kind of rewind a little bit. Is there an actor that you? Whoa, whoa, whoa! I didn't even get to do my best scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. Say, yeah. Yeah. Got, what in the so, world? I got so into it. I was, I was still thinking about the. I was still thinking about the 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 the, the chase scene. But yeah, Cole, give me your best scene, please. <laughs> What if I was just like, oh, I like the beginning scene. Yeah. That, just stop. Oh, no, I like just, just wanted to give you a hard time for no reason whatsoever. Well, in the no, I, so this one was particularly hard for me. Um, we've talked about the majority of my favorite scenes uh, based on the one you were talking about, Keith, the car, the Harvey Dent, you know, transfer uh, that chase scene was just unbelievable uh, in general. 
the interrogation scene I thought was also really, really good um, mm-hmm. because, you know, Batman was genuinely pissed off, uh, you know, wanted to find where Rachel was and, you know, he was hitting him in the face, but it was also funny because he like slammed his head and he said, you never start with the head. It gets them all woozy and they can't feel the next move. And he slams his hand and he's like, see, uh, so that whole scene was, that whole scene was hilarious too. Um, but I think my favorite scene and the one that kind of hit me the hardest in this movie, and it's probably going to be super surprising to y'all. It was actually at the pretty close to the end of the movie. Um, when he puts bombs on both of the fairies that were leaving the city, one was full of prisoners. One was full of, you know, normal citizens trying to leave. And, My favorite, the scene that hit me the hardest is when they were trying to decide whether each boat was trying to decide whether they should blow up the other boat was when the prisoner's boat was like, we got to blow them up. And the, it, you know, the guy was genuinely thinking about doing it. The guy, the one that was not, you know, he wasn't a criminal. He was part of the, he was a ship's captain or whatever. And the prisoner the giant guy just walks up and he's like, give me the detonator. I'll do what you should have done 20 minutes ago. And he takes the detonator and he just slings it out the window. And everybody was just, I mean, just that scene just was like, Oh shit. Like it took this guy that we're supposed to just despise. And it turns him into a very human character. And Mm -hmm. I was trying to like think of other scenes where we were directors have taken people that were in prison and turned them into legitimate, you know, positive characters. And there aren't many. And I think that that is something that is like, that put him into this beautiful light. He was like, no, fuck this. I'm not going to blow this up. And it took this guy throwing the detonator out the window. And I just think that that was a super powerful, you know, and unexpected uh, use of characters in the film. And I just thought, that, <laughs> man, you know, I, I, I had goosebumps after that, after that scene. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cause we were supposed to not like them. You know, the whole, the, right. the woman was like, well, those guys had their, tw-, you know, all that shit that we've heard our entire yeah. life that bothers, you know, it, it pisses me off because again, they're, they're people, but I just love the humanity uh, of the character being like, no, nah, that's bullshit. And just slings it out the window and everybody, <laughs> nobody stepped to him or nothing. Like, he, <laughs> oh. You could tell he ran that motherfucker. Cause nobody was oh, like, yeah. all right, no, yeah, let's, uh, they just let him do it and just moved on. Yeah, firstly, nobody's going to mess with Debo. Everybody has seen, everybody on that boat, cat, if they crew, cast, whatever, has seen Friday and Debo. And so that was just going to be, <laughs> that was, that was going to be his character forever. Yeah. But also, rest in Forgot peace. Forgot that was him. Tiny, yeah. tiny Zeus Lister. That's that's the, the guy who played Debo and also that same character. But now that scene is is great. The only other time that I've, I've actually felt like, man, I feel bad for these prisoners was honestly Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, I was going to say that's the next the humanity, you know, like they they made them into people instead of props. Um, And I can't really think of another film like I'm sure I'm missing some. uh, But even even usually when there are like movies that are specifically about prison, they don't do a good job of having humanity be part of the role. No, it's always a case where you're just like these guys are the worst, the worst, and they're all going to act like scum and not somebody who made a mistake and while it, you know a costly not not necessarily a murder but a mistake that landed them in jail they're now reformed it's always a case where he's like you know a serial killer or serial rapist or whatever else and there's somebody that who who won't, we, they won't be able to appeal to our humanity because the whole time we're just like 
I feel bad for this guy. I mean, you know, even even Green Mile, you know, that there's a case outside yeah. of, you know, a couple of characters where you just feel like, man, I, I really do feel bad for these guys. Except for Sam Rockwell's character, everybody else I felt bad for, honestly. Yeah. And that, but those, as far as guys being in prison, those are the only movies I, I really feel badly about. But speaking of feeling badly, is 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 there an actor that you have absolutely loved as a character and then absolutely hated as a character more so than Gary and Maggie Oldman. Maggie Joan Hall. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. Sorry. Has, <laughs> Sorry, Dad, I jumped he, the gun on that one. <laughs> yeah, just just a little bit. I, we always finish each, just finish each other's sandwiches. But yeah. has anybody been on either end of the spectrum as much as Gary Oldman has? No, I mean, I don't I, know. I, so Gary Oldman, I, 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 and I'm honestly like a little upset we haven't talked about him more, just because of so how there's good. heavyweights in this thing. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. Like that, like when Gary Oldman is the last guy you talk about in the two hour podcast, <laughs> something's wrong. You know what I mean? Like, like you've got yeah. too many bangers. You, you you need to you need to like ease up on the casting. Like that should have been Matt Damon or something. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but no, I I do think that the the roles that Gary Oldman plays, you know, are all over the place. And this was a good one for him to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is like it, it, the the whole arc of that character through the entire series of the Nolan mm-hmm. Batmans is just kind of it's really mind blowing and and like you said, Keith, I mean, absolutely. You know, he's a guy. I don't know. I mean, as despicable as he was in the Hitman's Bodyguard, to this is just like I mean, even in Book of Eli, he's a guy where you just like, man, I really dislike this guy, but then he's the lovable Jim Gordon, and he like you said, he goes from just a regular police officer to lieutenant. And all of a sudden he's commissioner Gordon. And he's just like, I love this guy. He's the well deserved. (laughs) Absolutely. It's just, there, there aren't many actors who can, who can do that and make each one of those roles believable. But this guy, I mean, he's been doing it long time. I mean, even in the fifth element, you go that far back and it's just like, Hey, what is he wearing? Best of the best. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's just like, what's, what's going on here? But that movie is, it's grossly entertaining. I actually really, really, especially when Chris, when Chris Tucker shows up, it's hysterical, but Always. yeah, I mean, this, this, this movie is, it's a classic to me. I, I don't throw that word around with a lot of movies, but this is just it. And, and instantly this movie, I left the theater and I don't, I don't, I, I know it took me a while to fall asleep when I got home, even if it, it, yeah, it, it, you know, it was like two o'clock in the morning. I was just too amped up. I mean, this movie was absolutely incredible. And like I said before, it'll, it'll never get old. And any, any, any other closing or passing thoughts with this, on this movie? I, I know we've talked about a lot in regards to this, but is there anything that either one of you guys want to add as far as. Oh, Keith, you know, I got some great, tidbits, right? Oh, uh, that's, that's, that's honestly my favorite part of everything. Uh, first one being that, um, you know, what you were talking about, like after you finished this movie, you went home, you know, at 2 a.m. or whatever it was, you finally got to bed. I like not 12 hours later was back in the theater seeing it again. Like, I, I yeah. think I went to like the noon showing the next day. So if that, you know, it, it had that much of an impact, like from a, a viewing standpoint, especially in theaters. I mean, it was unmatched. I, I can't remember now to this point a movie that i've went to the movie theaters to see so many times like i think i probably saw it four or five times in theaters right like i went to an imax i went to see it uh, like matinee just because it was such a uh big deal um but also two other tidbits yeah 
Yeah, showgirls for sure. I still uh, I still go to the private screenings, but we won't we won't go into that. Um, as you were talking <laughs> about earlier with the entrant, the beginning scene of the movie. Uh, it actually, and you talked about this even earlier on in the podcast. So Keith, I don't know how you always tend to set me up, but we were talking about bond. Uh, and Chris, you don't know this about me, but I'm like the bond fan, like seen them all a million times. There's, there's not another bond person out there. Um, I did find it interesting how much of this film, Christopher Nolan kind of paid homage to James Bond, uh, the Joker knife in the shoe was you know just straight out of from russia with love which i thought was cool uh the opening scene actually played like an opening scene of james bond right like this perfect high mm-hmm. scene um mm-hmm. there was explosions there was comedy like it kind of played perfect uh for what you would expect a james bond movie to start like and also dark knight rises starts that way too uh with another high scene the airplanes moving to the side just very very bondy type vibes from both openings of of those of, of both dark knight and dark knight rises and then also fox kind of played like a q character um when mm-hmm. bruce wayne went to check out the new suit that he built you know he picked up like the 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 um forearm pad and it shot the things out and they went right by his face and he was like maybe you should read the manual first mr wayne it was just like (laughs) so q and bond esque to me uh you know Mm. because bond was always messing with everything when he went to cq uh and so that's been used throughout the series but i just very felt like a lot of uh bond vibes from it uh and obviously Nolan spent a lot of time in, in, in the UK. So he obviously was influenced like everybody else by James Bond films. But I did like just the blatant shout outs, I thought were pretty surprising. No. And, and, and to be interesting to see those parallels, you know, it, because you, you do see a guy like Nolan who you honestly feel like, and I know we talked about this in our, with the Blade Runner as well, but when you, you get that, that feeling that, this director is also just a big movie fan. And so, you know, yeah. that his, you know, you go, you go to his place and he has a private screening room and he has a bunch of, of course he has a bunch of vinyl in there that he listens to whenever he's trying to unwind with a cigar and some nice whiskey or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he also has just an entire bond collection or an entire, this collection or that collection or whatever. And so you just, it, it, when it, when it comes to watching a movie as a movie fan, watching a movie fan, make a movie, is it's one of the best and it and it, it yeah. pops instantly and so you 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 can see all these parallels to something else you can tell by the like, casting right oh absolutely like and how much you love movies know, absolutely Re- recycles a bunch of his cash just like tarantino and other filmmakers do just because it's I, I, and it's something i really enjoy honestly but it, it also nolan has made me not trust and i, I don't know the actress's name off the top of my head the, the actress who played maul I don't trust her in anything at all. Uh, Marion <laughs> Cotillard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't trust her one bit. I, oh, I no. See, yeah. I mean, she, She's she evil. could play. Yeah. I mean, she could play the Virgin Mary and I'd be like, nope, there's going to be a twist somewhere. <laughs> yeah. She's going to kill somebody I, at I, some I, point. Yeah, she's going <laughs> to yeah. kill somebody here soon. And she's going to, she, she gave Judas. She set up Judas with this at the, at the last supper, <laughs> or whatever. But I'm just like, here it comes, here it comes, man. But it's just, I, I, I enjoy all the Nolan movies, especially, you know, go from Dark Knight going forward. Where's this rank on yours, Keith? You asked us. For, yeah, buddy. For Nolan movies, it, <laughs> yeah, it has it to be, honestly, it has to be number two. Inception is just my, it's my guy. It's, <laughs> wow, I, really? I'll never. Inception, yeah, Inception number one, huh? Inception's my number one. I'll, I will, 
it's a movie and as long as it is i think it's my four it it feels like it's that movie feels like it's 20 minutes to me i can watch that movie there's been several times i've been looking for something to watch and i'll land on land on that but i'll watch this real quick it's great 9 30 i mean it's it's incredible i'm like I can't start this movie at nine thirty at night, but to, you know, to me, it feels like it's a forty-five minute movie. That I look up and it's one forty-five in the yeah. morning or something. So, it's definitely <laughs> it's Fair Dark Knight yeah. is my number two. I, I I really just because Inception to me, it still feels like a new movie every time I watch it because I pick up on something different. And that, <laughs> but that that'll start a completely different conversation. Chris and I have talked about this at nauseum. This is something when you talk about fan fan theories and then just things that other people have picked up on and then you pick up on them it makes it it makes it a different movie every single time so number two for sure behind inception wow that's crazy to me inception number one huh look and we have a bunch i mean there's a bunch that we've talked about i mean chris and i've talked about interstellar i really like man i mean there's just there's there's so many movies you just like i like all of these but yeah definitely inception give it give it to me fair enough all right, I got one last tidbit. Um, this is super serious. I know y'all y'all better be prepared. Uh, so prepared. in the scene, yeah. in the scene where Batman, you know, summons Lucius Fox to use the uh, voice recognition software to locate the uh, the Joker, uh, Lucius obviously was pretty upset. You know, you 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 could visibly tell that Morgan Freeman was uncomfortable with what Bruce Wayne had created. Um, and was like, you know, he threatened to quit and all this. And it was very intense and a very good scene. But my question for y'all is why was he still using the Batman voice? <laughs> like Fox That's... knew who he was the whole fucking time. Why was right. he using the Batman voice that entire scene? Well, he had to be, he had to stay in character. He didn't, he didn't drop Did he? The DVD commentary. Honestly, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. how it is. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. I yeah, guess. Yeah, I don't know. I just, that, I like, he didn't with Rachel when they jumped off the, you know, out of the building, he called her and landed on the taxi cab. He uses Bruce voice, but for some reason, Lucius Fox, who gives him literally all his equipment, he's still using the <laughs> Batman voice. It's just tough. I, I feel like with Rachel, he has to play. He has to be softer with her, just because that's his love interest. And while she is with Harvey, he still he's Bruce with her. I don't think he's ever Batman with her. But with but when you're talking about he's, he's never also, Batman with Lucius. But he's also <laughs> he's also at a warehouse fighting a bunch of ne'er do wells, like at least fifteen plus guys. You know, so he's not going to be like, hey, Lucius, can you do? He's hey, Lucius. No, no, I'm talking about the, before that when they meet together. And I'm talking, there's nobody else around. It's just Batman and Lucius in a hidden fucking cave that he has. <laughs> so it's not like, it's not like anybody else. So it's just going to pop by and be like, oh, why is Bruce Wayne in a Batman costume talking to Lucius Fox? It doesn't make any sense, Keith. Uh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best to help Bruce, but you did a good job. Like, but- I, I, he tried to say is just, he 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 yeah he, once he turns it on man it's hard it's hard. he only knows one speed and that's batman so that's that's just all i know that's all, all right, i got for I'm you in that regard gonna let you off the hook on that one but i i just think it's bullshit i'm not i'm not a fan <laughs> i don't blame you for thinking that honestly <laughs> I, I can't really, i can't argue with you much i'm just trying to i'm trying to be the other the flip side of the coin here you know flip side harvey did there we go yeah I had to bring yeah. it all full circle so i got you i'm with you so yeah chris you got you got anything for us i know this is this is this is your your guy you got christopher nolan you got batman i mean this 
This is almost written for you, I believe. Yeah. Man, so why are we doing all these Chris specials? <laughs> hey, man, look, I got good. Taste. Next week what we're do doing want, Chef. Man? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do something Blue for Jean me. You know? <laughs> uh, um. Yeah, I think we covered it. Just how high I had it ranked and how much I love it. I had maybe not a tip. It. It's a. It's a tweet. Uh, in line with us not being huge fans of them going from Katie Holmes and Maggie Gyllenhaal, it was a tweet that went viral that's about that situation that's kind of hilarious. So, and I'll join in and dunk on Maggie Gyllenhaal. Great person, by the way. Nothing personal. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the yeah, tweet yeah. is, the Joker in the Dark Knight would have had... Wait, where'd it go? I lost... Okay, here it is. Okay, so it's, the Joker in the Dark Knight would have had no leverage on me talking about some Maggie Gyllenhaal. Boy, set the block <laughs> on fire. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but man, yeah, yeah, yeah. That showed up on Twitter one day, and I was losing my mind. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I get what he's trying to say. It's you know, awful, but I get it. You know, Emily Blunt was uh, considered for that role, and they went with Maggie Gyllenhaal. What? Answer that one. Oh, so not uh, at the beginning. Not at the beginning. How, just how when much for uh, when they went to the dark? Yeah, just night. when they were recasting. Yeah. <laughs> How yeah. Much, how yeah, much, yeah. So, so did Maggie have more juice than Emily at the time? By the way, Maggie, yeah, for if you're sure. listening, for sure. I'm in. I'm in your corner right I'm now. I'm a huge so Maggie Gyllenhaal. I love fan. Maggie Gyllenhaal. It's just funny. overacted the shit out of that part, man. This this slander right now is. is yeah. I, I <laughs> yeah. will not stand for it. So you know, just just know that I, Keith Evans, and am, am in your yeah. corner, and I'm defending you wholeheartedly against these jokers. But yeah, I, so Emily, so Emily, ah, jokers. So Maggie. Maggie had more juice. Emily had more juice at this point. Where where is Emily at this point in her career? Had she done so? We're talking 2008. So 2008 would have been. Where's Where's Emily Blunt? She has still doing. She hasn't done Looper yet. The Devil Devil Wears Prada is is that's already out by then. Yeah. 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 So yeah, she's still acting kind of in, I guess, probably British film. Right, a good bit at this at this point. Um, God, I'd have to pull up the I'd have to pull up the list, but yeah, Maggie Gyllenhaal definitely had more juice for sure. And yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal was a now. really good friend of Heath Ledger, um, so that obviously could have had something to do with it too. Yeah, around that time she was still mainly in British film. The Devil Wears Prada in two thousand six. Mm-hmm. She did Dan in Real Life and and uh, two thousand seven in Real Life. Uh, Damn, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, so at that and then at that point, yeah, she hadn't been anything. And then she was a great Buck Howard, Sunshine Cleaning in two thousand eight. Even after that, she was still just in. Yeah, she, she, really she didn't, didn't have like, a really lot of pool. Yeah, it wasn't until she was in Gulliver's Travels in two thousand and ten before Gulliver's we started seeing her like, in stuff. But that's <laughs> like that was the one. That's funny that that was the one. Because yeah. after that, she did Romeo and Juliet, the Adjustment Bureau, your sister, the sister, Bureau was, the five year engagement. Yeah, Adjustment Bureau is awesome. Looper, yeah, awesome. I love so, Adjustment Bureau. <laughs> Yeah, Gulliver's Travel really put in the Springboard the film. <laughs> right. So you tell me that Jack Black Gulliver's put Travels? It on the map. J- yeah, Jack Black, man. Look, and I, I think at some point we're gonna have to give him his roses, man. A lot of people, a lot of people don't man. talk about Jack Black, but he, he, he's gonna have to get a lot. We're gonna have to talk about him. Orange County. <laughs> yeah, I think of the most obscure Jack Black film I could come up with. Yeah, no, the Jackal. The, for for me, that was the one I was like, oh, man, shit. this guy really, really has yeah. to. Yeah, he has. This, he had this hand blown off. Spoiler alert! He got his hand blown off by, by Bruce Willis from because he didn't he didn't think that the sights were were calibrated Jackal. correctly. But anyway, yeah, yeah, he 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 
killed the crap out of Jack Black in that movie. Who also was killed? He was in, wasn't he in one of the Scream movies? Jack Black, he was like a, a a local, a local on some island. He had some dreads, and he got he got slain. It was like it was, it was one. Of, it may not have been Scream. One no, of I don't know, man. Like that, you lost yeah, me on he, that. I saw the first Scream, yeah. but, and um, <laughs> no, it was it wasn't a Scream, but it was one of those it was one of those slasher films that he was in, and they killed oh, the okay. crap out of him. He was he was in his hut. He had some dreads, and they just yeah, they just yeah, he was. Ear to ear, he got cut. But oh, the fatties. That's what it was. Yeah, it's not about parts, right? It's about family. It's about family. Do what I do. (laughs) Always bring it back to Tropic Thunder. Always Tropic Thunder. We always go full circle because it's RDJ. So whatever he's in, we're we're also if you're listening, RDJ, we support you 100. percent Just know this. Amen. On the pod, all three of us. It's not just correct. Correct. I don't even like one side. This. This I'll watch Chaplin tonight. I don't care. You think I care? Yeah, you're talking Chaplin right now. I love it. Right all, all three of us. You you're talking to? The oh, he was in Chef too. Fuck. Fan club. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't. Yeah, he was in Chef. Yeah, he was Chef. hilarious in Chef. He had a, he yeah. had a quick part. Yeah, him and John John Favreau. They have a little bit of history, I think. But yeah, he was really good in Chef. He was he was the the so that was it was the the ex wife so dating. Yeah. He was like yes yeah he's the one that got him the he food did a truck. favor for favreau he gave him the food truck yeah yeah, yeah. Food truck sure that he did. Ended up driving back yeah it was it she's was pregnant really, really funny but she just walked here and laid it on me <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, he said I'm, I'm quick though so i don't know what to do should i be the good guy for once <laughs> oh Great man no, that's that was actually i really i really enjoyed chef a whole lot that movie was really good but oh it's awesome we are yeah. not going to get too far off topic but Dark Knight. Absolute you don't want to just roll into a chef podcast. You, <laughs> right, right now, yeah. I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually on the cutting board right now, and I've got some some ahi tuna, and I'm about to go get some some different, and get some wasabi. Yeah, you put fucking some, ahi tuna happens. on the menu, and it's gonna sell out. <laughs> I can keep going. I'll stop, but I can keep going. Just say no, yeah. look, chef, <laughs> just a full chef pod. We're gonna be cooking later on too. I have a I have a flat top that we're just gonna. We're gonna get get rolling on, but HBO Max, go check out the Dark Knight and Batman Netflix Begins. Too. Netflix, it's on Netflix well, too, isn't it? They it also is, is and, and this is funny, Keith. They they did put Dark Knight Rises back on HBO, but when I, I was trying to rewatch yeah. all of them, it wasn't on there. Yeah. So interesting yeah. enough, you can actually watch the the trilogy, which I did do before this pod. So, um, which was awesome because I, I ended up figuring out that Batman Begins was amazing and I just remember amazing. it being pretty good. Yes. Uh, it's incredible. It blew my Probably fucking incredible. mind when I watched it. Batman Begins to the is incredible. Uh, there was a point where it was, for me, it was it was Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, Batman Begins, but now I am definitely a Dark Knight, Batman Begins, Dark Knight Rises person in that order. Mm. And nobody's going to shake me on that. It's just that's just how it goes. But yeah, Batman Begins is incredible. But for our next pod, if you want to go ahead and oh, we don't even know start, this yet. Yeah, no, it's this is going to be. I'm about to drop drop a bomb on everybody. Go ahead, this movie is streaming on HBO Max. It's social and probably network. on Netflix too. <laughs> yeah, we're going to if watch. We do that. I'll never blind. shut up. Don't do that. <laughs> that's going to be legally. <laughs> no. go ahead and get your no. Legally Blonde, done. Yeah. Yeah, I love that movie. Reese Witherspoon, she actually, she's the reason why I got into Dartmouth. But no, what we're going to do is a classic, one of your favorites and mine, 
Ocean's Eleven. Everybody, oh. get, your, get your martinis together, dry or wet, however you prefer it. Maybe some scotch. I don't know however you like to do it, but go ahead, get that, get your schematic, get your blueprints, and make sure you have a linen shirt. We're going to make this thing happen. So go ahead and watch it ahead of time <laughs> so you can jump in the categories with us so you can agree or disagree. But Ocean's Eleven, you think we need one more? You think we need one more? Okay, we'll get one more. Go watch it. <laughs> For me, Keith Evans, your host of the stream team, Chris Lowry, Cole Miller, we appreciate you guys listening in. Thanks so much, and we will catch you guys on the Ocean to Level Pod. Yes.